0: Everybody, we are live. Welcome once again to the JF Media Show. The JAEF Media Show. My name is Calvin Commander, and I am your host for today. This is episode three of our predestined calling and purpose series. The subtitle is, The Your Scripture Might Be Fulfilled. This series is a continuation or sequel of Let There Be Light, and Him Was Life, and the Life Was the Light of Man series. In Let There Be Light, we discovered two lights. One external light that God called out of darkness at the beginning of creation, and the other is an internal light which is found in the life of Jesus by virtue of the Holy Spirit. This light, however, is very unique and accomplishes different things in us. It breaks us free from the power of darkness, of sin, and translates us into the kingdom of light. Then it sheds the love of God in our hearts. It purifies us from sin and cleanses us. Then it enlightens our path, which is our focus of this series, predestined calling and purpose, that your scripture might be fulfilled. But before we go any farther, I'd like to ask, how are you doing today? How are you doing? My brother, my sister, my friend, how are you doing today? I hope you're doing well. And if for whatever reason you're not feeling your best self, I pray that at any moment that you decide to press exit, that there will be enough unction. There'll be enough power of God. uh, You will receive uh, a touch from the power of God On your way out, at any moment that you press exit, that you will be touched and made whole and restored in whatever capacity you would like the power of God to manifest in your life. As I like to always start out with a quick prayer because we are venturing into deep, deep um uncharted waters uh spiritual terrain and who better than the holy spirit the spirit of god the reveal of all truth that knows all things that are that are that such as the deep things of god who better than the holy spirit to be our tour guide or to help um blaze a a trail for us on this episode so father In the name of Jesus, I invite the presence of the Holy Spirit into this atmosphere, into this room. Uh, Holy Spirit, I ask you um, to attach yourself to the frequency of these airwaves. I ask you to create a bubble, a shield, a canopy around whoever is listening right now. I ask that you will open our eyes to see our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive this engrafted word with meekness that is able to save our souls. And it's in Jesus' mighty, mighty, wonderful name I do pray. Amen. Our focus for this series is to understand how this dimension of this internal light operates in us, the dimension that enlightens our path of calling and purpose. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. A few verses down after that, it says, that was the true light which gives light to every man coming into this world. We discovered in the previous series, uh, the one leading up to this one, that perhaps the first and most important light bulb that every Christian, every believer needs to turn on is finding themselves in Scripture and learning, not, and learning how Scripture not only talks to you, but about you, that you can harness prophetic utterances from scripture, from the writings of the prophets Isaiah to Malachi, that you can see yourself through the lives of those who have gone before us. The scripture also says that there is no temptation that has taken you, but such as is common to man. And with every temptation, God is able to make a way. Your situation is not unique. My situations are not unique. We are to lean on the examples in in scripture as our blueprint. We are have been engrafted into the tribe of Judah, or you can now say the tribe of Christ, the line of the tribe of Judah. That's our tribe. Jesus often said that, "I have come to save that which was lost." That can be looked at in different ways. That's like an ego that has grown up with chickens. And one day, a mother ego comes and says, I have come to save that which was lost. Meaning, I have come to tell this ego that has never flapped its wings that, hey, you're not a chicken. You're an ego. You're supposed to be traversing the skies. That is where you belong. Identity is... The essence, our new identity in Christ, becomes the essence of our being. For we were in this world lost, dead in sin and trespasses. But God with his great love, where which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, redeemed us. And Paul says the mystery which was hidden from the foundation of the world. That there was a tribe of Christs that would come forth on the earth. That they were egos who didn't know that they were egos and they were walking on the earth as chickens. And a gospel was taught to them, a mystery was revealed to them that, hey, you're not a chicken, you are an ego. we were lost we were walking west when we should have been going east we were going south when our identity had pre had been predestined to go north so we can find ourselves in scripture the more I think about this, the more I feel like I understand it, but then my mind just can't grasp it. That's why the title of this series is called Predestined Calling and Purpose. Predestined Calling and Purpose. That your calling and your purpose were predestined for you to now come back on to come back on track, that is for you to come and start walking in the fullness of what God has prepared for you and I to to bring onto the earth. Many times we pray, many times our starting point, our reference point is earth towards heaven. But Jesus always knew that he had been sent so Jesus's reference point was I am in heaven sent to the earth we think that we are on earth going back to heaven what we don't understand is that we are coming from before the foundation of the world into this age We are not creatures whose starting point started on the earth. Jesus said in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7, Behold, I come to do thy will, O God, a body you have prepared me. Let me make sure that I... Then said I, Behold, I have come, in the volume of the book it is written of me, to do your will, O God. Previously saying, Sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. Now, Previously, yeah, this is what I wanted. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5 says, Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In bat offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. It says, but a body you have prepared for me. We are not physical beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a physical experience. Jesus is saying that a body you have prepared me, meaning every aspect of me, every dimension of me has existed before the foundation of the world. What this aspect of me is, is that aspect, just like Jesus was, entered into the form of a body to speak and articulate what had already been canvassed in the spirit world before you and I got here. We have to change our thinking. Um, even to answer some of these things, I was feeling very energetic earlier on. But as I knew that the subject topic that I was going to uh, come on on air to share was a sensitive, mind blowing subject, um, there's there's a weakness. There's a weakness that I feel because my mind is at the same time amazed but i'm also asking how can these things be i'm like i'm like nicodemus how can a man be born again must he enter into his mother's womb and come out again and jesus said that which is spirit is spirit and flesh is flesh I'm right there with Nicodemus asking these questions. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly I said to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of, of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it, where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. What that scripture is telling me, he's telling you that once your spirit man is activated, your spirit man can be in different places. Other uh, the, can be in different places. Your spirit man can exist outside the limitations of space, time, and matter. He's saying. Once you have installed in you the operating system of the spirit, that operating system can drive this body to go left or can drive it to go right. Nicodemus was thinking that... The physical has to be born again. Jesus was saying in John chapter 6, he said, in John chapter 4, to the woman of the world, he says, God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Uh, And he's seeking for those who will worship him in spirit and truth. Then in John chapter 6, Jesus said, the flesh profits nothing. It is the spirit that quickens. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So when he comes here in John chapter 3 and talks about Nicodemus is wondering, how can this thing be? I'm already old. I'm already like this. How can I restart How can I reset? How can I walk into a different life experience? Your body is is, is the hardware. Your spirit is the software. Hardware goes where software tells it to go. Software programs the hardware. Your life right now, if you are to download... The software from the spirit about where you were predestined to be and go. Your decisions will change. Your tests will change. Your desires will change. Everything that you pursue, that you like, it will change. Because you will be running on a different operating system. The flesh profits nothing. It is the spirit that quickens, that makes alive. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So I am marveled when I think that I am having a physical experience. I have been living my life, maybe just like you. You grew up thinking that you were supposed to be a doctor. You're supposed to be something. And that software was installed in you at birth. But that software was corrupted. That was the software from Adam, the fallen man. That software was corrupted in that that software included the insufficiencies of your mother, of your father. David speaking in Psalm 51 says, insane sin." Did my mother conceive me? Meaning I was born in fallen state. Meaning my mother could have been depressed when she had me, and that corruption entered into the download that I received at birth. My father could have been caught up in certain vices, and when the body was formed, the default software that came with it when my father and my mother conceived me when they came together there were certain corruptions that came into me so David says in sin did my mother conceive me Jesus comes and says you have corrupted software I am here to give you the actual software that there is a software that was supposed to run in your physical body But you never knew about it. And so all of us are wondering. Wow. What is this software? This software was ordained for us. Before the foundation of the world. This is when this software was created. However. Adam. Adam's fallen nature. Delayed us receiving. The original software. We received a duplicate. A faltered copy. Jesus Christ comes and introduces us to a new software. Actually, the original software before the foundation of the world, where everything was written, where everything was ordained, hence predestined calling and purpose. So at age 35, at age 27, he says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away. And all things are new and they are of God. Meaning at age 60, it doesn't matter. If you receive this new download of this new software in Christ and you receive it in your spirit man, it says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. You can pivot. The natural circumstances around you will start to change because you are operating with a different operating system. Your programming has changed. Paul speaking to us says, by ye be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the acceptance, by by this new software download in Christ. So many times, scripture does not leave us as we were. It puts us in this vehicle called in Christ. In him, I live. In him, I move. In him, I have my very being. You and I, are to seek the Holy Spirit, are to spend intimacies, are to do whatever we can do to lay our hands on the initial copy, on the original software that was ordained for you and I before the foundation of the world. This is what this is all about. Once you receive the new, the original software copy and download it into your system, your life experience changes. The scripture speaking in Proverbs says, as a man thinketh, so is he. As a man thinketh, so is he. Everything is in here. God has designed this as an inside out experience, not an outside in experience. Let me give you a minute to ponder on that an inside out experience, and then we're going to segue. We have to start spending more time thinking about what was predestined for us. All my days are numbered out in your books, even my tears, Psalms 139. Psalms 119. Verse one of five says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In the context of John chapter one, it says that was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Now, how can we follow the train tracks of the word of God? as a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. Because it's saying that was the true light that enlightens every man that comes into the world. Meaning there's a false light, there's a deceptive light, or you're entering into the world of darkness. You need a certain light that is gonna illuminate your heart, your mind, your soul, and your spirit. As you sojourn through the darkness of this world. But it says, Psalms 119 is telling us, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And this word here, the written word of God, is a blueprint of the spirit word of God. This is our gateway into the spirit. This is the architectural plan of the building that exists in the Spirit. This paints pictures of what already exists. This is our Google Maps. This is what guides us into what was written in our predestination. So, as I was reading through the Gospel of John, a certain phrase started jumping off the page. And it just grew stronger in my conscience every time I read it. I could no longer ignore it. I don't know if you've had those experiences. And the phrase is, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And what really jumped out, what really stood out to me is that surrounding that phrase, that the scripture might be fulfilled, was a lot of activity was a lot of activity happening in the natural to bring to pass what had been echoed from um, the foundation of the world. The echoes from the foundation of the world were causing physical matter to change, were causing governments to change. Were causing certain people to come into authority and others to get out of authority also that the scripture might be fulfilled and I started to notice that the, that the scripture might be fulfilled was the software driving all the hardware. The scripture moment that we are living in is what is determining who goes into power, who comes out of power, whether the economy goes up, the economy goes down the natural i want you to start looking at the natural realm the physical realm the tangible realm as hardware the software is the spirit and so my perspective changed it felt like all forces of nature were colluding coming together that software scripture software will be fulfilled So, um, as we study, this is what we're going to do. Um, as we study the neighborhoods of this phrase that the scripture might be fulfilled. I want you, I want your heart to be reassured and see how things were moving in the natural to bring to pass the software of the spirit that the scripture might be fulfilled. So, our primary goal as we move forward is to build faith credibility in scripture that what is written about you or I is what causes things in the natural to move. Man, it this there's so many things it's like my spirit has seen certain things that is hard for me to utter it's almost like I'm trying my best to communicate it I don't I just hope I'm doing a good job but if, if you confused <laughs> I, I get it I'm still a bit confused as well In fact, very confused. Your faith! Jesus said, (laughs) Which one can I pull from? James says, count it all joy when you go through various trials. Why? He says that the testing of your faith will produce patience. Trials are not testing you. They're testing your faith. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing this, knowing this, Why do you count it joy? Because you know something. That the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Faith is a software. Your software is being tested. Your software is being tested. Trials are not testing you per se, they're testing your faith. They're testing your faith, but the assurance is, you think about it, if you go and a manufacturer makes computers or makes phones, He guarantees, his warranty or his guarantee is that this faith, this software, this form that I'm selling you has the capacity to do this, this, and that. That's why you see the software specifications. This happens in our everyday lives, that it has maybe 16 gigabytes of RAM. it has this hard disk drive, it has this, it has that, it has this, it has that. It can withstand virus attacks. It can withstand this. The manufacturer has tested it. The scripture says the word of God is like silver tried seven times. It's been purified, refined through fire. Fire for gold and the finding pot for silver sees he's like silver purified, tried seven times. So when someone manufactures a car, they do what is called stress tests. To see how much impact can this car, if it's running into a wall, how much of the front will be bent so that the person here is still protected and shielded they test it at 30 miles 60 miles 100 miles god likewise god has in this new software download in our spirit the software of christ in us christ in us the hope of glory has given us a guarantee that the software will not fail. So then he says, count it all joy, my brethren, when you come into different trials, knowing this, that the trial of your faith produces patience. The testing of your faith, it doesn't say the testing of you, it says the testing of your faith produces patience. That you, now, who's driving the car, will have confidence. Will have confidence that my car can withstand any impact. Then he tells us that he is able to do exceeding abundantly, above more than we can ask, think, or even imagine, according to the power that worketh in us. The spirit software in us. He says he can do exceeding abundantly above more that you and I can ask, think or imagine, according to the power that worketh in us. The power, the software that you and I have received to withstand trials and temptations. So Jesus speaking to them, he says, they say, Master, increase our faith. And he says, I tell you. If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you'll talk this mulberry very true and say, be uprooted up by the roots and be cast into the sea." They wanted Jesus to increase their faith. Jesus was saying, you're asking me to increase your faith. I'm telling you, you have the software. You already have the capability. You just got to test it. You know, you got to prove it. 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 You You get approved, you get approved, you get approved, you get to work it, 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 you get to work it. it. Credibility, building faith, credibility in scripture. I want to make sure I stay on course here. There's a confidence that you can walk around with when trials are happening. And you are not moved. Because you know that what the scripture has spoken must be fulfilled. Jesus did not panic in the boat. When they were in the midst of a storm, the disciples came to him and said, Master, carest not thou that we we perish? He arose and rebuked the wind and the sea. Rebuked the winds and spoke to the waves and told them to be still and calm. Then he turned to his disciples and said, Where is your faith? Because he spoke in authority, knowing this, that the Son of Man must be lifted up. That he will die through crucifixion, not a storm on a sea. So when he stands up and says, peace be still, he's speaking from higher spiritual ground than the waves that are speaking the force that is stirring up the waves of the sea to try to take him out, he's speaking from a high authority and that force knows it, so it has to subdue, it has to bow out, it has to give way to a high authority, to a high spiritual authority. Um, Building faith credibility in scripture So, we are going to go back and forth between the Old Testament and the New Testament where we find the phrase that the scripture might be fulfilled in uh, Buckle Up Buckle Up In Episode 2 we started venturing out yonder into the structure of prophetic utterances. We looked at how uh, prophecies were written in the, in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, and they have a past tense structure to them. Which means that these utterances were spoken from the point of view of the spirit realm where they had already happened. And it shows us how perhaps the prophet received prophecy when he's talking. Because you can see, and we're going to look at it shortly here, in Isaiah fifty-two, fifty-three, Matthew 27, and Psalms 22. How the prophet, the person who's receiving the transmission... The person who's transmitting these words to us, he speaks sometimes in a future tense, but other times he talks in past tense. And the clear picture of it is as someone who had a a visual of something that already happened. So he's speaking in past tense. He can't help but speak in past tense because that's what he has seen. Sometimes he speaks in future. He speaks in future tense, and this is mind blowing. It's, it's just like wow. There's something I mentioned earlier, and it's still um, seeking more expansion. It doesn't matter you might be 44 years old you've been running on old software if you can download the software of your predestination that blueprint the natural circumstances around you will have to change because it is the software that drives the hardware that the scripture might be fulfilled is what can cause the economy around you to go up or to go down. A war a war to break out, a new president to be elected, a president to stand down. Natural scenarios don't drive themselves. There is a spiritual software that drives them and causes things to happen the way they are. Hopefully, we're going to get there. Let's just... Um, maybe we should stop with that. Um, let me just quickly bring some to our memories. Okay. he's Isaiah speaking in Isaiah 52. So what I'm going to show you is when when you start reading Scripture... Any time you see, you'll see places, portions in scripture where the prophet is speaking in past tense. And that should prompt you to think, to imagine, to see that he's speaking of things that existed. For someone to say, he wore a blue shirt with brown shoes a white belt and white pants. There's a difference between that and he will wear white pants, blue belt, brown shoes, and it's different. One of them speaks in clarity of confirmation. He's speaking with confirmation clarity of something that he saw happen. And I, and I want you to start catching on those things. And this is, we're not, this, some of the things I'm saying will not click right away. So you have to keep coming back and, and we're going to flip the pages of scripture. We're going to turn scripture inside, on, inside out. But my, my, my hope is that by the time we're done with this series, you have confidence, you can build credibility in scripture, in scripture utterances that have been written That once you know the season that you are in. The scripture manifestation that you are in. That you can have peace in the midst of the storm. Because everything around you is going to work to bring to pass the fulfillment of your scripture. Okay. Isaiah speaking in Isaiah 52 verse 13 to 15. He says, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high now that is future tense, right? Just as many were astonished at you, so his visage was marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. It is talking about the crucifixion of Jesus he's saying. His visage was marred more than any man. Where did that come from? This is something that happened in the spirit. Isaiah saw this that had happened. He saw... ah, Since we're in the age of technology, maybe, I don't know, today the Holy Spirit is just having me uh, use a lot of software, hardware terminologies. The language has changed, the, 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 ten, the sentence structure, the utterance has changed. It has now gone into past tense, just as many were astonished that he saw his visage was marred back there. But we know in the natural realm, this is also what happened with the crucifixion of Jesus and his form more than the sons of men. Then now it changes back into present, future. Says, so shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at him, for what had not been told them they shall see, and what they had not heard they shall consider. Then in Isaiah 53, we see a lot of past tense uh, speaking. Verse 1. Who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of the dry ground. He has no form or calmness and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. That's more. That's like future. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we heed as he were, our faces from him. That's past tense. He was despised and we did not esteem him. It is showing us a picture of what had already transpired in the spirit. You see, um, there's a picture that I wanna paint. Software drives hardware um the when the software is being programmed it is programmed with a foresight that of what the hardware will do let's say you can have a software let me let me just use an example of a robot you can program a software that in that software, you say, cause the this arm of the robot to move up and down 10 times. The software always factors in all the hardware components. The software always factors in the hardware components. It says, okay, this is a system that is going to be running an arm, a leg, an eye, a mouth. So he was seeing this in the download of what Isaiah is speaking was what had happened before the foundation of the world. It says, he is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs, he has carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. This is all past tense. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Everything is speaking here is past tense, but it's a prophecy That is speaking of what is going to happen in the natural physical manifestation that has already happened in spiritual manifestation. Prophecy is bridging spiritual manifestation and physical manifestation. It is telling us this is, what, this is how it happened in the spirit. And this is how it's going to happen. it doesn't change and I know so um, I see this image of a car you think about it someone programs a system of a car an engine a drivetrain that says any vehicle in which this system is operated is is downloaded that vehicle is going to be able to move as fast as a hundred kilometers per hour or move at 180 kilometers per hour. Do you realize that that in, it, it does not change. It does not diminish something having predestined does not diminish the manifestation in the, in, in, in the physical, there's still an experience. Let's say an engineer. I, I, have, I have an engineering background. So if I were... Um, there's an experience that you can get by, by running this software and, and running a simulation and seeing how this car runs on a simulated road through a software. It's a whole different experience when you now build the hardware and now you have to match the software to cause the hardware to do what the software can do. This Christ in us, um, yes, predestination software has been written. But now, they still, the second half of it is us to manifest what the software has written, what our destiny has been written. There's a whole life experience to cause that to come to be. It's a whole different experience going from a 2D diagram to a 100 foot, uh, a, a 2D sketch, architectural blueprint to a 100 foot story building in the air they still work and a lot of things have to come into play for that structure to actually come up. There is. So Isaiah is speaking in in all of these things in past tense but when it came to their manifestation in The natural, Jesus had to walk by faith for these things to play out as they had been written. It's the same thing for you and I. We have to walk in faith, by faith, by the faith of the Son of God, for what our blueprint that was predestined for it to come to be. We still have a role to play, but it becomes easier for us to play that role when we know what. The game plan is. It's, it's, it's anyone who has played sports uh, as well. Translating what the coach, the game plan of the coach, and executing it on on the game in the game when there is pressure. When a coach draws up a play in the last minute of the game, in the last ten seconds of the game. And for his players to receive that plan, that play, and to execute it and move and overcome their nerves and execute and make that game-winning shot or the winning drive touchdown or whatever it is, hit that, uh, you know, whatever it is, whatever sport it is. There's a lot of variables that are still in play. So, Isaiah is telling us that all of this is past tense. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is silent. So, he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Man, he's talking about and continuing and talking and talking and talking. All of these things are past tense. All of them are past tense. So, um, let's start because today I I, I want to actually get into most scriptures where we see this word that it might be fulfilled and for you and I to, to to see this. So, Let's look at some scriptures here. Let's, let's sojourn here. Okay. Now, again, always bears repeating. Psalms 119 verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. They continue this day according to ordinances for all are your... Servants. Okay. In the Amplified, it says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven, standing firm and unchangeable. Your faithfulness continues from generation to generation. You have established the earth and it stands securely. They continue this day according to your ordinances, for all things, all parts of the universe are your servants. Okay. Let us start with some references from the Old Testament. And um, I want us to start seeing different combinations in Scripture, seeing different scenarios, because I want you to be in a situation whether you are, it's an election of a country. If you know the Scripture that the scripture season that you're in, I want you to have confidence and have faith because he's the deal. He's what can stop manifestation. Albeit the coach knows, albeit the players know the game plan, albeit the coach has seen that this is the game-winning play that you that his team needs because the coach has been watching the game from the sideline. And he calls calls a timeout, calls his players to the side of the field and says, this is the play we need to run. There's 10 seconds left on the clock or there's five seconds left. I want you to move here. The moment you get a ball, pass it to Soso, pass it back. They'll create an opening. I know they know they're going to do this. They're going to counter with this. Uh, Come behind here. Move here. You know, just let's say use basketball. Rise up you should have enough time on the clock to hit the game-winning shot. It takes faith to overcome nerves in that moment with the pressure of the stadium to be able to execute that. That's what makes sports and all these other things that sometimes we watch beautiful is in the heat of the moment how can someone um, embrace composure and do something like that. This is the same thing for you and I. Yes, you can have the blueprint, but if you're not confident that what the Scripture has spoken, it can come to pass. You are going to fonder. You're going to. You're going to become nervous. You're going to do what we call in, in sports. It's called unforced errors. Where you're just dribbling the ball up the court because of the tense moment of the game, and you're gonna start causing unforced errors. You're gonna turn the ball over. You're gonna do some, you're gonna play out of character. It's the same thing with our Christian walk. Just because you know what has been predestined, there's no guarantee that you can that you can walk into its manifestation. By faith, what, knowing what has been predestined and having the confidence that Scripture will, come it to, will bring it to pass, it gives you confidence not to come under pressure. Knowing that whatever happens, by His stripes I am healed. No matter the doctor's report that is coming, you are able to counter that. Knowing that my God shall supply all my needs of quantities, riches, and glory. And standing in the midst of financial adversity, having the confidence that God will come through from unexpected sources gives you confidence not to do some other things that you shouldn't do. Not to dig down into debt. You may not see a way out that God is going to pull you out. And in your own thinking, you might be thinking, get another loan, get another loan. You don't know that you're digging a deeper pit of debt that is going to take you more time to get out of. Meanwhile, if you have confidence, you say, no, I'm following God's will. God will supply God's bill, uh, God's plan, God's mission, God's bill. God has to take care of me. Jesus speaking, that's the confidence he was telling us. It says, For all the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. There's a different confidence you're going to have. What kind of job you take on? How many hours you work? Are you sacrificing fellowship? Are you sacrificing time with God to make up the difference? Jesus saying, your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. He, he gives you a different example. He says, look at, the lilies of the lily, uh, look at the lilies. You know, he says, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. He says, if God so clothes the grass of the field that today is and tomorrow is thrown into, into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? What is he doing? He's giving you confidence to stand in the middle of adversity, to face fear of provision of of, of, the, of of what you're dealing with, financial adversity. He says, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor store in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. He says, How much more value are you than two sparrows that are sold for a farthing? The confidence that you start to walk in changes. Your faith is anchored. You're not going to be tossed to and fro. James speaking then says, If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives liberally and upbraideth not. But let that man ask in confidence, not wavering, knowing this, that he who wavers is tossed like the waves of the sea to and fro. And let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. You, you don't waver. When your confidence is in that the scripture has to be fulfilled around me, something has to happen. The software is going to cause the hardware around me to move in a certain direction. He says, for those who he knew, he predestined. Those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he's glorified. Then he says, for all things work together for good to those that are called by God. But I love other translations that say that all the God- Causes all things to work together for good to those that love it. Who are walking according to his purpose and calling. As I like to add. Or paraphrase. So, you, your confidence changes. Things that you, These, again, Proverbs 3.5. Trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. You will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Satan, when he brings pressure, he has to use different doors. Maybe an emotional heartbreak. Maybe a financial adversity. You, you're thinking that Satan is coming to you for uh, for 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 debt or maybe a financial provision that is is a smokescreen satan wants to bring in a sickness and disease however he's not looking in your life and saying what is an area that i can come in through it says fear fear it says you're dealing with an emotional heartbreak he wants to, in the long term, he wants to clothe you with the spirit of, of heaviness. He wants you to be walking in depression. He wants you to be your, your mind, your mental health, to be, uh, he wants to break you, mental illness. And so he's going to use a situation in your life as the opening For something worse. He knows if I can get you in a season of worry. For six months. I know you're going to stop working out. I know you're going to be mean and bitter. To your wife. Eventually. uh, Your relationship. Is going to start to crumble. And he's going to steal, kill and destroy. He's stealing something. After he is stolen, he wants to kill and destroy. He's coming to steal your peace. He's coming to steal your confidence. He's coming to steal your courage. Many a time the scripture says, fear not, do not be afraid. This is where peace, knowing that the scripture must be fulfilled, becomes an anchor for peace in the midst of a storm. You might be trying to fend off financial lack, a bill payment, or emotional heartbreak, or this or that. And you've left your door open, and now Satan has introduced cancer. He has introduced a spirit of lust because you're depressed. And now you're being driven to pages on social media that you shouldn't be on. And now an, a door of last has been opened. You're now back into drinking. Next thing you know, this thing where you know you should have waited, you should have just held off, but you just still went back to the bank and said, "Give me another loan, give me another loan." So these are these are these are the things that we we're dealing with here. So. Um let's start off Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles we see a statement here. Um we're gonna start so joining going through places where we see this word that the scripture might be fulfilled. Um yeah, let, let me read something from Second Chronicles chapter thirty-six. Verse 22 to 23. It says, this is the proclamation of Cyrus. It says, now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord, this is what I wanted, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. This is what I wanted. Um, This is what I was looking for. See that, Jeremiah spoke a word, but it was the word of the Lord. Jeremiah just spoke it. It says, now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord start up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing saying thus says Cyrus king of Persia all the kingdoms of the earth the lord of god of heaven has given me thus says Cyrus king of Persia all the kingdoms of the earth the lord of the lord god of heaven has given me and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem which is in Judah who is among you Of all his people who is among you of all his people may the Lord his God be with him and let him go up okay Cyrus there's something has changed this is a king because the word of the Lord spoken that Israel has to come back from exile after 70 years that word now has to be fulfilled. The spirit of a king is stirred up, and he makes a decree. A new law is passed, a legislation for God's people to return. Let's keep building up on this, and we see we see the different context of it. In Ezra chapter 1, verse 1 to 4, says, now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah. You see the difference? That the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, So that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord of God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is among you of all his people? May his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is God. Which is in Jerusalem. And whoever is left in any place where he dwells, let the man of his place help him with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, besides the freewill offerings for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. My goodness, there's so much to say here. So the Spirit of the Lord is stirred up. The Lord stirs up the spirit of Cyrus. to speak to make this proclamation now whoever is caught in in this atmosphere where the scripture is being fulfilled look at the things that are happening because of a scripture a word spoken by god through the mouth of jeremiah being fulfilled look at the activity that is happening Legisl- a, a king has issued a decree Okay now in that de- in that decree he has also said whoever is left in any place where he dwells, let the men of his place help him with silver and gold This decree is now changing money to move into the hands of those who are going up to build He says let the men of his place help him with silver and gold with goods and livestock. Money and possessions are changing hands. The economy is shifting. Besides the freewill offerings for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. Now, to understand Cyrus himself, if you are a king, It would not be wise to go up against Cyrus, king of Persia. Because Cyrus, king of Persia, is now caught up in manifestation of destiny. He is the person that he's telling you, that says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me. Let us go and see where Cyrus Uh, Let let us see what the Lord did with Cyrus. So. In. (laughs) If you were sensitive enough. Cyrus is not someone. That now you want to be going up against. You want to be doing everything that you can do. To make Cyrus your ally. Because he's the one. Whom the hand of the Lord is moving. Now. Watch this in Isaiah chapter 44 and then 45. You'll see Cyrus being spoken about. Um, Isaiah 45. Let me first go there. Isaiah Forty five, verse one. Um, let's start in verse forty four. Verse forty four, no, chapter forty four, verse twenty one. And well, let's see something here. Um Isaiah forty four verse twenty-one. The Lord and then we shall we shall I just want to give a context build up for Cyrus in Isaiah forty five. But it says remember these, O Jacob and Israel, for you are my servant, I have formed you, you are my servant. O Israel, you'll not be forgotten by me. I have blotted out like a thick cloud your transgressions. And like a cloud your sins. Return to me for I have redeemed you. Sing, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout, ye lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, ye mountains. O forest and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. Wow. Since the Lord has redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. Then he says, Judah will be restored. He says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb. I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself, who frustrates the signs of the babblers and drives diviners mad, who turns wise men backward and makes their knowledge foolishness. Who confirms the word of his servant and performs the counsel of his messengers? Who says to Jerusalem, you shall be inhabited? To the cities of Judah, you shall be built, and I will raise up how waste blesses. Who says to the deep, be dry, and I will dry up your rivers? Who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd? and he shall perform all my pleasure. Sing to Jerusalem. Uh, he shall perform all my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, you shall be built, and to the temple your foundation shall be laid. Now, Cyrus, um, in Ezra, he just told us that all the all the foundations... Um, it says, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem. Now, what I'm trying to show you is that a, a prophecy being spoken, Cyrus is now the person to bring forth this prophecy, this utterance that has been spoken. Okay. It is not, just, we have to be discerning. First of all, when you see prophecy being manifested, you have to know where to step and not to step. For instance, I, I've always thought about it. The prophecy was, um, Jesus would ride on a donkey, on a colt, so if you were going to start up a business, if let's say you just think about it, if scripture had it that he will ride, Jesus would ride on a donkey, and let's say a famine happened, all nature would correspond and correlate to see that there would not be famine for hay. Even if a pestilence, a disease, came through that was attacking livestock and all of that, it would be stewarded away from attacking donkeys. Because the prophecy was that Jesus would ride on a donkey. It is spiritual wisdom, if you were in Jerusalem at that time, to be in the business of donkeys. Not in the business of... Uh, let's say another animal again. Of course, there's different ways to look at it, but I'm just saying this spiritual wisdom that seeing that Cyrus That hearing your proclamation and saying man the man said in 70 years we are going to return the king of Where we are right now of Babylon is Cyrus. You don't wanna You don't want to be an enemy of Cyrus no matter what happens He is going to trample on you because the hand of God is with Cyrus, because Cyrus has to make the decree for the children of Israel to return to Jerusalem. And that's what you see in Isaiah 45. And I like the subtitle in my Bible. It says, Cyrus, God's instrument. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held. To subdue nations before him, and loose the armor of kings. To open before him the double doors, so that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you, and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze, and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. Why? It says, For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, my elect, I have even called you by your name. I have named you, though you have not known me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is no God besides me. I will guard you, though you have not known me. They may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is none besides me, I am the Lord, and there is no other. Wow! So let us look. We've, we've put ourselves in the shoes of someone, a king, trying to fight against Cyrus. So this changes that we we have to search even politics. What scripture fulfillment is said country in? The sons of Issachar were men of understanding who knew times and seasons and had understanding and knew what Israel ought to do. If the mighty hand of God, is Scripture fulfillment is moving east, and you're trying to be a wind blowing west, you are going to get run over. You are going to get run over. It changes the discernment. You have. To, then we have to start searching this country based on how. Where are they? What is their season? What is their timeline? That gives us knowledge of how the political structure is going to play out. Let's, for instance, the United States. Um, I'm not going to go there, but I am marveled because <laughs> you you can see no matter what goes against let me let let me, let me not let me not go there. Let me not go there. But I can see if if you if you're a spiritual man, if you're discerning in the spirit, you can see where the wind is blowing. That no matter what happens, someone has to end up somewhere, because the Lord is trying to do certain things. Now, the U.S. the United States finds itself in a very interesting. Peculiar uh, place because you know, is it you know, are you mapping it on the history of Babylon? Are you mapping it on the you know, we'll have to go, you know, we have to go into the book of Daniel and see some things here, but you can you can discern in the spirit what has been written, so no matter. You, how much money or whatever you want to do to enter the game of politics in this season, there's a specific fulfillment that has to happen. So you have to be discerning if you're in politics. No. Okay, so we we, we we were talking about someone, in, the, in let's say in this age, who would be an enemy of Cyrus. Man, God has said himself. Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations. God is literally fighting for this man to loose the armor of kings because this man, at a certain point, when the clock turns 70 years, he has to give this decree and say, um, who is among you of all his people? May his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah. So, If you're Cyrus and you know you're caught up in the manifestation of scripture fulfillment, how much confidence should you have to wage war? Because the guy has a green light. He says to subdue nations before him and loose the armor of kings so that the gates will not be shut. He says, I will go before you and make the crooked places. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze. I'll cut the bars of iron. You know, he, God has spoken that he will subdue nations before Cyrus. So if you're Cyrus and you know that this is the prophetic manifestation that is happening and you're caught up in the middle of prophetic fulfillment, do you see the faith that Cyrus has to go out in battle? Because he knows some train tracks of subduing kingdoms have already been laid for him by God. So he's just following those train tracks. It is inevitable that every crooked place will become straight. And that's what the scripture is saying. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. Any crooked place that Cyrus finds, it will be made straight. God will cause all things to work out for his good because Cyrus is a great king or he's or a great fighter, but because he's an instrument to bring to pass manifestation of the scripture that has to be fulfilled. So you enter discernment of understanding the economic climate of an area. Uh, take Isaac. Isaac wanted to do the same thing that his father Abraham did. Famine came, Isaac was going to run. God said, no, stay in Gerar. Because the word of God had to be fulfilled, the economic climate of Gerar had to turn around. That the word of God might be fulfilled. So all Isaac had to do was just wait and be patient. The economy would eventually turn around he did not have to run to Egypt like his father Abraham did. You, you, you're thinking, you're thinking uh, that you're thinking that um, you're thinking you have to discern you're thinking that um, running to a cheaper city is, 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 the, is the way out what you don't understand is that you can run to a city where the standard of living was initially cheap or was low but you don't understand that there is a famine that has to strike that place so you ran from here because you thought here was cheaper Only to go here, and now that area, that city, that country, that economy, because there's a scripture fulfillment that has to happen, that economy has to suffer. And now here, where you ran from, now starts thriving. You are running because of what you're seeing on the outside, but you're not spending time with the Holy Spirit to discern what is the scriptural manifestation. What is the season that we're in? Um, for instance, um, where is that? Let me show you something in Isaiah. Uh, Where is that? 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 Man, that was so powerful. Ah. These There's there's a there's a word there's a there's a there's a um a word that I was looking at in the book of Isaiah. Man, that just sparked the economic climate of the the city where I am. Yes. I hope it is this. And... Basically, it was an utterance that this I was reading in the book of Isaiah that spoke to the economic that spoke to the real estate situation that we're dealing with right now in Vancouver. You know? Um, help me, Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, this is uh, impending judgment on excesses. Uh, let me go to Isaiah chapter 5 and we see something here okay if you're praying and discerning of the climate of the city where you are every city right now every country has a blueprint country or city lifestyle in scripture and and these there's always cycles. So, in in Isaiah chapter five, um, we see the prophecy, something being spoken, and that that jumped out to me. So, if you're familiar, if you've heard about Vancouver uh, Vancouver, Canada, that is, it has become one of the most quote, unquote, expensive places to live around the world. The real estate prices are, um, through the roof. It is one of the most expensive places to live around the world. Top five, if not top three. So I was just, you know, reading the book of Isaiah and I'm always looking for these blueprints. That can speak into our times. Right? And there is an impending judgment on excesses. Excess. And this is where it reads. It says, woe to those who join house to house. They add field to field. Till there is no place where they may dwell alone in the midst of the land. In my hearing the Lord of hosts said, Truly, many houses shall be desolate, great and beautiful ones, without inhabitant, for ten acres of vineyard shall be shall yield one bath, and a homer of seed shall yield one epha. Woe to those who rise early in the morning that they may follow intoxicating drink who continue until night, till wine inflames them. Then he says, the harp and the strings, the tambourine and flute and wine are in their feasts, but they do not regard the work of the Lord, nor consider the operation of his hands. Therefore, my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. My goodness. So this is, this is what is, uh, I believe Isaiah chapter five is something that is happening right now in the city of Vancouver because they're turning, they're building apartment buildings everywhere, everywhere. The scripture is saying, Woe to those who join house to house. They add field to field till there is no place where they may dwell alone in the midst of the land. This is happening right now. Apartment buildings upon apartment buildings in every place. The deception is that there's going to be a mass movement. People are spending a lot of money into building this. The scripture is telling me in this time, what to those who are doing this? Because it is literally happening that you can't find any dwelling places. This is where you can dwell alone in the midst of the land. It's all bumper to bumper. A parking lot being turned into uh, uh, um, uh, uh, an apartment building. Small tight spaces. The Lord, he's telling us, in my hearing, Isaiah speaking, the Lord of hosts say, truly, many houses shall be desolate. He's saying that. Great and beautiful ones. He says, without inhabitants. Now, the, the problem we're having right now is they're trying not to pass legislation. They're saying that some of these houses have been built, but there's no people living there. People are bringing foreign money and buying these houses, but they're not even living here. It's almost like they're just washing money. The scripture is telling us that. Great, it says, truly many houses shall be desolate, but it's telling you great and beautiful ones without inhabitant. For ten acres of vineyard shall yield one bath, and a homer of seed shall yield one ephod. Woe to those who rise early in the morning, that they may follow intoxicating drink, who continue all until wine, till wine inflames them, Man, and he just keeps on talking, honoring, talking, and talking. And this is a depiction of the city of Vancouver. It is a... It is a scary time. Isaiah chapter 5. If you listen to this and you're there. Um, and, and now this may not only apply to Vancouver. This can apply in your city if you see that real estate is just squashing and moving everybody in one area so you have to be spiritually agile to know how do you move how do you position yourself financially especially in the real estate business the word of the lord is spoken that yes this beautiful great house is going to be built but they're going to be desolate And houses are literally being built, and many of them are desolate. This is what we, this is what we see. So, Jeremiah, so we've read the prophecy about Cyrus. Is now, if you're the one who is in the middle of prophecy, the instrument that is being used, Cyrus had every reason to be confident on every battlefield he went on because he knows the hand of the Lord has gone before him to subdue nations before him. What was the word that uh, Jeremiah spoke? This was from Jeremiah 29, verse 4 to 14. Jeremiah 29, verse 4 to 14. Let me read that and then we can round up. Thus says the Lord of hosts, this was the word that was spoken by Jeremiah that had to be fulfilled. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and dwell in them, plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. And pray to the Lord for it, and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. For that says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams which cause to be dreamed. For they have, Prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. For that says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. Right? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, that from a scripture. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and unexpected end. Says, then you will call upon me, and you will go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me, when you search me, when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place which I cause you to be carried away captive. Now, It's very interesting. He's telling you that do not listen to false prophets who are telling you that business is going to be booming in uh, Jerusalem. God is saying the blessing of your marriage, of your business, of your vineyards, of everything has now changed jurisdiction. The hand of the Lord is going to be moving on those who are dwelling in Babylon. He's saying that is where you're now going to be protected. You have to be uprooted from Jerusalem for 70 years. So whatever planning you're planning on doing, do it in the perspective that it's going to happen in Babylon. If you stay back, bad things are going to happen. You have to go. So any, any prophet who comes and says, no, stay here. Business is going to be moving here. The Lord is saying, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. For they false they prophesy falsely to you in my name, I have not sent them, says the Lord. So um, that was a prophecy that was spoken, the word the word of the Lord that was spoken, and then Cyrus comes around and proclaims it. And the people start packing up their bags to return to Jerusalem. We are going to be seeing many of such utterances in the old covenant, in the new covenant. And my hope is that you now have to ask the Holy Spirit, and read through numerous, numerous. uh, One of the things that I wanna encourage and challenge you is being familiar with the prophetic books from Isaiah to Malachi, because those are books that speak into the futures of cities, governments, and all of these things. So you will have confidence on knowing what business to start. What is the season to be in? Where wh- what is gonna be thriving? You 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 read the Holy Spirit will jump some things off the page for you that will relate to the city that you live in, and you will know. You will know whether God is saying, No, your blessing is not gonna be in Babylon. You'll know when God says, Now it's time to leave Babylon, go to go to Jerusalem. You'll know, like Isaac, when the Lord says not staying Gerard. The famine has to change because the scripture has to be fulfilled. So we're going to spend time uh, uh, in in our next episode, we shall look at some, uh, you know, some New Testament constructs. Um, We shall look at Matthew, and some other, you know, we shall look at John. And, and so we shall be going back and forth. But I, I really hope that this uh, blesses you and, and has spoken to you and has encouraged you. And this is a, it's a very interesting subject. Um, having to change our thinking and saying, The software we are to live with on this earth, Christ in us, the hope of all glory, was written, programmed from heaven. These are bodies, just like Jesus said, but a body you have prepared me, now I come to do thy will. It's the same thing for us. These are just bodies. This is just hardware that the software has entered and now we're trying to fulfill what the software was written about us. So I just want to close in prayer here, man. And um, that uh, there's a prayer that uh, we're going to pray from, from Colossians. Paul prayed this prayer for the church. Coloss or Colossic. And and I'm just going to pray this prayer for us in closing here. So Father, uh, in the name of Jesus, we thank you once again for your spirit uh, that is present with us right now to open the eyes of our understanding. And Lord, I pray that these words that all prayed by the leading of the Holy Spirit for the church of Colosse, be unto us in the name of Jesus. This is from Colossians chapter one, verse nine. It says, first of all, it says, for we give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all saints. Because of the hope which is laid up for you, in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, which has come to you, as it has all, as it has also in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit, as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth, as you also learned from Epaphras, our fellow, our dear fellow servant who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declares us your love in the spirit for this cause. We, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you. And I want to pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. And to ask that you be filled with the knowledge of his will of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing him being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. For all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The power of not knowing what we were predestined, called to do. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption, through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 So I pray. That that, those words will be unto you. That you will walk in the fulfillment. That you'll be empowered by um, the utterance of that scripture. Glory be to God. Man, I'm so excited. Um, This is a hard, hard um, teaching or word study that... Um, I pray that the Lord will continue to to give us utterance, um, that he will open the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened to the spiritual truths. Because in this world where we're going, you and I are going to have to lean more than ever on the words it is written. It is what Jesus, it was the weapon Jesus used in the height of his temptation, it is written. You and I are going to have to lean on what has been written about us. So thank you for tuning in and our closing benediction for today. These words to close us and see off today are um, now. My goodness, these are precious words. Now. May the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the Lord of peace himself, give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Once again, your host for this show episode was Calvin Cavanda. Thank you for tuning in. We hope this episode blessed your heart. Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto you. And may the Lord keep you, bless you, and keep you from the evil one. Thank you for tuning in and see you on the next episode. Goodbye.